Hello and welcome to In the Spotlight with Quo Circa, the definitive podcast on digital disruption in the print industry. I'm Luella Fernandez, Director of Quo Circa, and today I'm joined by David Jenkins, CEO and founder of directprint.io. Today we'll be discussing the parallels with the print industry and the media industry. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation as David's got a really interesting perspective on changes that are happening in the print industry today. And the theme of today's podcast is we'll be discussing is Direct Print IO the Netflix of print management? So welcome, David. It's great to have you here today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. So um, as I mentioned in the introduction, um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because um, you've got a really interesting perspective on your background in the media industry and the parallels um, between the media industry and the print industry. So could you share your background and the reason why you set up directprint.io? Sure. Well, without going maybe too far back in history, uh, I've always been a, a startup guy. So I've worked for a series of startups ever since the beginning of my career. And, um, and those startups have always, uh, up until, up until directprint.io, they've always been in the media industry. So started off in the early 2000s, um, really bringing the first generation of streaming TV services uh, to market together with some of the, the largest telcos. And back in the day, that was called IPTV, Internet Protocol Television. And I worked with, you know, the likes of, um, uh, for example, BT and AT&T in, in the US. So some of the really big telcos to really um, allow them to bring TV services to market early on. And then what we saw in that, um, in that industry, in the media industry, specifically in the TV industry, is a, a move towards true internet delivered um, media and streaming. Uh, and, uh, and, and that eventually became called OTT delivery, over the top delivery. And so, again, over the last uh, 17, 18 years uh, previous to Direct Print, I worked uh, with, again, some of the likes of Netflix or uh, Dish in the, in the US, those types of large, uh, large guys who were getting into the streaming space to deliver a new generation of, of, of TV. And so that industry went through a real aggressive change and fundamental changes in the way that people en engage with these services, find these services, explore these services, and then ultimately sign up to and, and, and enjoy these services. And I think there's definitely some parallels with what's happening in the print industry. And that's what I find excited now. And I find that exciting now that I've made that transition from that media industry into, into print, because fundamentally, I think there's a, a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, so um, direct print is relatively new. I think it's, is it three, four years ago that you set it up? We launched exactly, almost to the day, we launched almost exactly three years ago uh, today. So we launched at ISTE uh, 2018. ISTE is an is education-focused technology show. And we officially launched at ISTE 2018. And, um, and it's been a wild ride. It's been an amazing three years so far. Uh, it's been beyond, beyond my wildest expectations. So yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been great. Great. Yeah, and I think it's really unusual for, um, like you say, new startups to come into the print industry. It's a very traditional legacy-based um, industry. So, you know, what was the um, challenge that you were facing around printing that, that made you see an opportunity? And, you know, really, what was the story behind direct print? <laughs> it's, uh, it's silly, really. Um, so just by a little bit by way of extra background. So I, I've always been really enthusiastic about uh, web technology so again my sort of uh, 
let's say professional history has always had me in contact with with web technologies and emerging web technologies and i got very excited about um chromebooks and the opportunities that fundamentally thinner clients let's say lightweight lightweight client devices um that weren't running full heavy operating systems i got very excited about those so very early on when chromebooks were launched i i, I went out and went down to my local uh my local computer computer store and, and i bought a i bought a chromebook i bought it home i had a printer which the manufacturer shall remain anonymous and uh, i tried to get my chromebook to print to the printer and lo and behold i couldn't get it to work so uh, one evening, I thought this is probably maybe fixable, maybe. So uh, I began resurrecting my ancient coding skills that I hadn't used for like 15 years or something, because I, I was in product management and, and, and marketing at the time more than, more than, more than actually implementation. Um, and I just started writing code. And one thing led to another. I, I kind of got it working for myself, and then I put it on the store. And then, uh, and then I got a phone call from uh, an enterprise customer who said, hey, this, we have a similar challenge. We, we're deploying Chromebooks across our organization. We have a similar challenge. Um, is, can this thing be a commercial offering? Can you, can you offer support? And I thought, okay, so maybe there's, a, maybe there's an opportunity here. And um, one thing led to another. And now, I suppose, half a million weekly users later, here we are. So it's, it's, it's an interesting story insofar as it was definitely born out of need, uh, engineering kind of mentality. I, I know, I, I think I can probably fix this. Um, and then one thing led to another, and now, you know, we're a company of a good, good few people. And, and, you know, and I think, uh, I think the, the success that we've had is, is again, is, is beyond my expectation in what, you're right, it is a fairly traditional and I would say quite crowded market. So it suggests that there was an opportunity and we're, maybe maybe doing something right i don't know yeah and i think it's interesting you say there about you know you basically had a need as a consumer for printing and then being on the store the app store the, the google marketplace i guess um that, that gave rise to a broader business opportunity so what are your thoughts you know basically on that kind of broader marketplace you know i guess it's just showing that the, the buyer is going online to to look for these kind of solutions and they, they found your app and you know that's what led to that bigger market opportunity for you are you seeing that you know that trend really developing more since you started the company yeah i mean this is a huge this is a huge topic and it, and it's an area of um, massive change currently there's, there's no there's no doubt in my mind that there are fundamental shifts happening in the way that um businesses engage with um isvs sas's software services in general um, in the market, and, and this is borne out by our numbers. So, um, you know, we, as I say, we started off with a, a small, pure consumer offer, and now, you know, as I say, we have hundreds of thousands of, of SMBs, and some enterprises, and lots of EDU customers using using our software. And what we see with those guys, virtually, I would say, it's absolutely obvious in SMB. It has been obvious for us pretty much since the beginning in EDU, and I think it's starting to change in enterprise. People, people's expectations of how they buy software and how they engage with, with companies it is changing. So I don't think the traditional kind of RFP, RFQ process, while it still exists for the, your very, very large enterprises, that still exists. I just don't think that SMBs will now engage with 
ISVs or SaaS offers uh, unless you're online, you have a very clear, transparent pricing model, you provide all of that support for self-provisioning, onboarding, you can answer technical questions online, um, you offer flexible payment um, uh, you know, for example, monthly subscriptions versus annual subscriptions. So there, there is this expectation about the way in which you engage uh, with with SaaS with SaaS products, which is, I think, it's as a result of our experience in the consumer space. So bringing this back to TV, if you think about the way that you buy, you kind of engage with TV services now. It's utterly different than it was 10, 15 years ago. So. 10, 15 years ago, you'd go to your local cable co, you know, your Comcasts or your um, or your local satellite co, whether that's Dish Networks or Sky in the UK or, or whosoever. And, and they would try and sell you this dream of the quad play, you know, and the quad play was it's, you know, it's, it's fixed line data, it's telephone, uh, it, it's television uh, and potentially mobile as well. So they would sell you this enormous great big package and you would get you know, the, the services that went along with that. And, and you'd be paying two, $300 a month for this, for this overall package. I think now people will go to services like Netflix. They'll go to services like Amazon Prime. They will have a month's free trial. They will be receiving the service over the top insofar as they already have the infrastructure they already have the fixed line broadband. They already have the mobile broadband. They already have the iPad. They already have a credit card to do, you know, their monthly, their monthly subscription. They're, they're tooled up and ready to go. And, and they, they will engage with these services. They will try them. They will kick the tires on them. They'll make sure that they like them. And then they will engage either with an annual or a, or a monthly contract. And again, our consumer expectation, I think, is beginning to influence the way in which we purchase in, in B2B. And so we definitely see that as part of the numbers and, and the way people engage with us and, and the way they sign up. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because we've, we've just, um, well, we're about to publish a report on B2B marketplaces and that really kind of corroborates what you're saying around the SMBs. I think it's something like 80% of SMBs are purchasing already from online cloud marketplaces and only about 20% have got a direct um, uh, sales channel with the, the vendor so and that's only likely to um, increase in favor of you know online purchasing so that really is something we're seeing but it's interesting you talk about the um you know the netflixes and amazon primes because um i did do a bit of research on the ott market just in preparation for this and it was interesting because i can see the parallels you know i guess i think there was something about cutting the cord you know a lot of um uh, I guess consumers aren't um, subscribing to the likes of Sky and you know the cable companies and in favour of um, streaming companies, but they've got multiple subscriptions, you know, with Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, whatever it is. And it's really interesting to see how that kind of consumer subscription approach is happening in the, the kind of B2B market. And I do wonder whether in the print market it will be the same, you know, the OEMs really providing the plumbing in terms of the printing, but actually ISVs like yourselves actually benefiting from multi-device kind of strategy around printing. Is that what you would see was happening in the market? Yeah, I think what you what you described is a fundamental disaggregation or at least a kind of a, a reorientation of the sales channels and the tr traditional sort of purchasing processes and purchasing relationships that that have that, that, that are in our industry that are in an industry. And, we, and that reorientation has happened in TV and media. Um, and I think that reorientation is underway in print. 
Um, so in short, yes, I think that relationships are changing. I think that um, the value offer or the value proposition of, of SaaS services like direct print, uh, where, you know, we, where we work with um, uh, all different makes and manufacture, you know, makes and, and models of, of printer, that's part of our, that's part of our value. Um, so to come in over the top, so to speak, um, uh, and, and help organizations manage existing deployed infrastructure, but also show a path forward for how we can, how we can bring that higher level of solution integration. That's really where our value is, you know, we're tightly integrated today with, with Google and, and uh, Google Workspace and, and, and Chromebooks, you know, that's, that's just a great story for us. We also support Mac and Windows. So that helps to join the dots for these organizations who, who, who are going through fundamental IT transformation. So that they're moving from on-premise to cloud, statement of fact. You know, they may be reassessing their whole productivity set, their whole, their whole productivity uh, suite uh, as part of that process. So that's either moving from um, local install office to Office 365, or it's moving parts of the organization are typically away from Microsoft and towards Google Workspace and Chromebooks and, and uh, formerly G Suite. So th those are not trivial challenges. Um, and, and what we're seeing now is that when it comes to thinking about printing, there are certain pieces that are in place. So you make a choice for your productivity suite and then you expect your hardware to work with that solution so it's solution first thinking um, and that's absolutely something we see now that, that that no longer i don't think in the whole people are be, being prepared to dictate the solution by the hardware choice they make they want their solution they want their hardware to fit with the solution choices that they, they, they've made and that's um and that is a, a that is a different way of thinking it's an opportunity um and that's part of the reasons why we work with um, primarily the kind of partners that we work with are, are you know, solution experts. They're guys who know how to deploy, uh, how to deploy uh, productivity, productivity suites and, 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 and achieve fundamental infrastructural change inside of organizations. So that's, that's, that's what we see. Yeah. And I think, you know, just going back to that kind of the Netflix approach. So, you know, the, the, the three kind of similarities I see are really around content, you know, content is king, whether it's on the TV or, you know, whether it's, um, printed documents or digital documents, you know, that's obviously quite key to the print industry. Um, secondly is the analytics side of things. So understanding through that direct relationship with um, the customer, what they're, what they're printing, how they're printing and what the opportunities are for either minimizing printing and moving to digital workflow or, you know, better optimizing their print environment. And um, the third one is user experience. And I think that's something that's obviously very important in, in the streaming wars, you know, in terms of, I find the prime navigation really complicated compared to Netflix. And, you know, then you have the fire stick, which puts everything in, you know, one, you know, aggregates all of those together. And I, I just wondered, you know, in terms of your views on your product and your platform and how the user experience is perhaps a differentiator or, you know, and also how you're using analytics. The way we, the shorthand that we use to describe what 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 you eloquently eloquently described there is um, B two B to C thinking. So we're undoubtedly a B two B business. We sell we, uh, direct print is a you know print management solution, and we sell to SMB to education to to enterprise and multiple different verticals there. So we're fundamentally doing a B two B sale um, to to these uh, to these organisations. 
But these organizations are in turn servicing their end users. And so um, because our software is, uh, is put in front of those consumers, for us, we have to take a consumer-centric view to the way in which we design our user experience, our end user software. So we absolutely have to look at it through the eyes of the, uh, of the, of the end user. Because if we don't, um, then very quickly, you'll see levels of frustration build between the people who are administering and deploying our software um, across organizations. Um, that you'll there, there is there, there is a very clear disconnect that happens um, that that happens very early on in that deployment process. You can sell all you like, um, and you can do a great technical sale to the, the to the guys to guys who are doing security audit or the guys who are looking for technical features. But unless the end users are happy with the product and and are, and are, you know and, and engage with it, then there is a there is an opportunity for disconnect there. And so that's one of the things that we're really keen to avoid. So this B to B to C mentality um, is something that we is something that we utterly believe in. We spend quite a lot of time on on engineering the the front ends. In fact, you'll see some major revs in our product um, over the over the coming weeks with respect to the user experience and new features and functionalities and and, and again usability. We're, we're again we're we in a previous life we spent decades on usability and all of those challenges that you talked about with respect to Amazon Prime versus Netflix versus different UXs. We've believe me, we've lived, we've lived those, we've lived some of that. Uh, let's call it, let's call it kindly consumer experience. Um, so, uh, so, so there's there's a lot of learning there. And secondly, the point that you made, data driven. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we, at the end of the day, we again we we are a SaaS, um, so anonymized data and trends and that learning from that is what we're all about. Um, you know, we 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 see we see some fascinating things happening with respect to to trends in print volume in the way people engage with our different features and aspects of our service. Some of that driven by COVID, maybe we can touch on that later on. Uh, some of that, I think just general trends in the industry. So, um, so some really interesting data coming out of our platform as well, which we, which we learned from. Yeah, just curious, because you mentioned about the pandemic and, you know, I think it's worth touching upon that in terms of, you know, what have you seen in terms of your, your analytics? How has that impacted your business? <laughs> Yeah, so a couple of things. Obviously, like everyone else, we saw a huge drop off in print volumes around about March time, twenty twenty. So I took took the opportunity just to take a look back over our data between March the seventeenth, twenty twenty, versus March the seventeenth there thereabouts, twenty twenty one, and we saw a huge fall in uh, in print volume, probably down to one fifth of our of our previous volumes. Um, between the end of March, uh, mid-March 2020, and then beginning of April, as basically everybody went home, uh, globally, everybody just went home. Um, and so uh, and so we saw a, a sort of a natural demand for volume printing fall there significantly. Um, but what's interesting is now we see two fundamental things. So firstly, uh, as of March, roughly the 17th, 2021, we see a 3.5x increase pre-pandemic. So, um, so for, for every one page that was printed pre-pandemic, we now see 3.5, roughly 3.5 pages um, being, being printed across our system. I don't know whether that's unusual in the industry. I, I feel it probably is, uh, and there's a couple of there's a couple of different aspects that that drive that number for us. I think, um, firstly, obviously, we've we've increased our deployed deployed um, 
uh, deployed licenses or deployed subscriptions uh, over the over the pandemic period. So that has a contributing factor. And I think fundamentally for us, certainly made some of the major kind of um, industry sectors that we uh, that we service, um, they're pretty much back now, or at least they're back to their they're back in printing. Uh, they may not all be back in on premise at the same time, or they may uh, they may be engaging with print um, slightly differently. But fundamentally, that they're, they're they're pretty much back. And that, that so we were we were cheered by those, even though it's been a tragic time for for very many people and a very difficult time economically and business wise for a lot of businesses. We were cheered as a business to see print volumes way way in excess of where they were pre pre pandemic. The second thing that comes out is people are engaging with uh, different print use cases. So, uh, you know, we support cloud printing, remote printing. Uh, we see a huge uptick in, uh, in the amount of print from home, uh, print between different uh, disconnected locations. So different zero trust locations. Uh, we see, we see lots of, we see, we see lots of organizations engaging with not just local network printing which is what we what we support obviously uh, but we uh, we also see a huge a huge engagement with with cloud printing and, and some of the some of the more remote use cases which is which is interesting but uh, and not unexpected to be honest yeah and I think um, it's it's interesting as that you know you've seen that sort of increase in print volumes and you know your explanations for those um, make sense but I was just curious because um, obviously, there's obviously got the hybrid work environment, and you mentioned home printing there. But we're also seeing an increase in digitization, and again, trying to link this back to the um, media industry, where you have recommendations on, you know, perhaps which show you should be watching, you know, based on data, um, and that's obviously based on using artificial intelligence and machine learning. I was just interested as if whether you see any opportunities around applying AI to um, print data and actually making recommendations that or maybe you shouldn't print this or maybe you should digitize this and you know actually maybe monetizing opportunities around workflow is that something that you're looking at or you see a need for so we've already implemented the first step and that's been that was one of our key selling points fairly early on in our product and um and so one of the things that we did very early on was implement something called um, nudge, nudge, nudge and nudge theory. So nudge theory is a well-accepted uh, well way of, um, let's call it encouraging people to, to make better choices. So actually, uh, to give you a completely abstract example, when you go to renew your car tax online in the UK, uh, once you've finished the process of renewing your car tax, you are presented with an option to register for the organ donor register. So the government is trying to persuade you or at least is nudging you to make a positive choice as a result of, of doing something else. So this is, this is the way our governments are implementing nudge theory. So we took a look, a look at some of that type of um, thinking early on in, in our product development. And because of some of the smart technology that we, we'd implemented, we, we've implemented our own clean room print driver, uh, every single bit and byte of, of, of what we do in terms of processing print jobs uh, is, is, is our own code. And that allows us to do on the fly analysis of documents as they flow through the print driver. And so some of the things we can do is, is quite smart in terms of local reprint detection. So if you print a 10 page document, um, you then print it, you then realize you've made a typo on page five. Um, you go to reprint that document, our driver will actually detect that only page five has changed, maybe two or three pixels, maybe 10 pixels on, on, on page five has changed. 
our driver can pop up a little window and say, hey, whoa, whoa there. Um, you've printed this before in the last 24 hours. You've only changed page five. Do you just want to reprint page five instead? So, um, so by implementing nudge theory to then place that option slightly more front and center than the other than than the than the more expensive options um so to place that option as the default option maybe even put a timer on it so you'll see a little timer countdown yes i only want to reprint page five and then ten nine eight so that it automatically makes it, it's nudging you automatically will make the 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 optimal choice for you um then uh, but so so we've implemented things like that in our product and we continue to innovate on on that front but yeah the nudge theory reprint detection um and also smart draft modes uh, all of that stuff we put in very early on in our product and, and our customers love it because i think you know just uh, again demonstrably it's saving them money in terms of saving them money in terms of paper and in terms of toner costs so so yeah it's um that, that's been a that's been a big hit and we will continue to to innovate both in terms of the larger big data kind of aspects, but then also doing little things on the client to, to encourage better print choices. But yeah, your fundamental point, I think, was around um, printing more versus printing smarter. And there's no doubt that the industry is moving towards printing smarter. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, um, you know, that point about reducing paper usage and consumables, I think organizations are becoming, well, it's always been a priority, but I think it's moving higher up on the agenda in terms of um, reducing environmental impact, improving sustainability credentials. And I think printing is one way, you know, can, you can actually help organizations better manage their printer fleet. They can still print responsibly and effectively when they need to, but this nudge theory is really interesting. I can see a lot of opportunities for you to actually utilize that in the kind of sustainability um, picture as well. And I think what comes across is the fact that you, I think with any ISV, they're not tied into selling printers and, you know, being tied into page volumes and so on. So I think, you know, the, the opportunities around digital workflow as well in terms of understanding what your customers are doing around print and then maybe looking at digital um, workflow integration as well. Sounds like something that you'll be exploring. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt that, the, as I say, there's no doubt in my mind that the industry is moving in that direction. And um, even though we are an, an ISV and, you know, we really thrive in heterogeneous environments where we're solving integration problems on a day-to-day -day basis with, with organizations who have mixed fleets of printers, I do actually also think that there is a fantastic opportunity together with OEMs and together with 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 copy manufacturers to to help um, deliver differentiation in the market and absolutely some of that differentiation is about smart versus more uh, and so you'll see you'll see with with us over the over the coming over the coming weeks some really interesting announcements with respect to stronger partnerships in that space as well to again so that people so that we can help um, so that we can help companies bring really different offer offerings to market and, and and help differentiate at a at a at a solution level so there'll be some there'll be some in interesting innovation around that around that area yeah so just you know finally on that point around the i guess the open ecosystem in the print industry and it's not a very open ecosystem at the moment because most of the OEMs are very proprietary in nature and um, the ISVs are like you say vendor agnostic so they can provide support for these mixed fleet environments um, and again, drawing parallels with the, the media industry, do you see a need for this a more open, integrated approach for the, the print industry to take to actually benefit from you know, more collaborative partnerships, um, as you were discussing? 
I think, again, I think there's some really good opportunities there. I think um, from my perspective, actually, from a, speaking as an engineer, from an integration perspective, um, I think the I think the industry is actually okay. I mean, it, it could improve. It could. There are always areas that you can improve. But actually, what we found because we wrote because we wrote from scratch a new generation universal print driver, it necessitated us to do integration with absolutely every you know make a model uh, out there to make sure that we had all of the different um, page description languages all of the different protocols all of the different advanced finishing features all of that capability so and that on the face of it felt three three years ago it felt like it might be a hugely daunting maybe even impossible task um but what we found was actually there was enough. There was enough information. There's enough specifications out there to work to to um, to, to make it work. However, uh, that 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 set of protocols really solves kind of print print v1 print generation v1. You know, solving the problem of local network printing and and, and just getting things working. I think now with the way the market is maturing again towards uh, offering. Uh, permanently internet connected um, printers, re remote printing, secure printing, um, and every possible use case that you can imagine. Yes, I think there is a need for standardization and openness. Some of the innovation I see is encouraging. Um, you know, I really like what, what aspects the IPP working group are doing. We're a member of the IPP working group. I'm really excited by some of the innovation that, they, uh, that they're bringing. I'm excited, strangely, by Microsoft Universal Print. I think that's going to have a beneficial, a long-term beneficial effect on the market. Um, I, think it's, uh, I think maybe it's a little bit difficult for ISVs to navigate around at the moment, but, uh, or, or at least, um, uh, have an unequivocal work with kind of message, but I think uh, I think longer term for the industry that's going to be fantastic. So yes, I'm excited about the innovation. I'm excited about some of the standardisation, and yes, of course, as an ISV, I thoroughly encourage interoperability and standards adoption, and you know, open uh, and uh, an openness when it comes to integration because it makes everybody's life easier. And actually, in terms of being able to bring differentiation to market, it makes it makes makes it make everybody wins. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think we, you know, it's been great to, to understand more about direct print IO. And, you know, I think what we're seeing, particularly in the cloud markets, is that um, cloud printing, at least, it's a very fragmented market. So just, you know, really to, to round off, you know, what do you think's next for the, the industry, particularly in terms of cloud printing and, and what's next for direct print IO? Um, so I think there will be, I, th I don't think I'm alone in thinking this, I think there will be some consolidation in this industry. I think there will be a, a focus on, for everybody involved in, based on our experience with COVID, of making sure that we uh, have a seamless printing experience, regardless of where you happen to be physically located. Some of that is about, um, uh, you know, printing from zero trust devices. Some of that is just about having a full range of use cases that are, that are applicable, regardless of what type of organization that you're in. So firstly, I see, I see lots of focus on making sure that that that, that full range of, of use cases, whatever they may be, is, is, is achievable in a cloud context. Um, or at least in a SaaS context. So, so I, I think I still 
a lot of ISVs have got some have got work to do there, including direct print. So, um, so yeah, I think so, so I think that there's some I think there's some fundamental fundamental innovation. And for us as direct print, I think what we will do is we will you'll see a really heavy focus on on us taking Microsoft a little bit more seriously. So we will make some announcements with respect to uh, to that over the coming weeks. And again, as I mentioned earlier, on the partnering side with respect to OEMs, helping bring differentiated messages and different, true product differentiation, solution differentiation to market. I'm really excited about some opportunities there as well. So that's that's going to be the focus. But yes, change, change, all change. And I think it's it's just positive yeah and and as i say coming back to the to the media industry you know i think if the print industry can can achieve even a proportion of the fundamental radical change that we've seen in the media industry i think i think the print industry will be in a in a great place in in a few years time and people as you said will be printing smarter printing better and uh, and um uh, but i still think it's going to be a, a great industry to be part of yeah, well, very exciting times. And I agree. I think um, for the print industry, there's huge opportunities still in terms of really capitalising on the changes that are happening and moving to subscription models, being more sustainable. And like you say, print is evolving. It's not disappearing. So companies like you know, Direct Print IO can really help innovate in the industry and bring non-legacy thinking to a very traditional industry. So you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today, David. It's been great to have you. So thanks again. No, thank you. Thank you very much. So thank you for joining today's In the Spotlight with Quocerca. For more information, please go to quocerca.com and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks again for joining and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.